Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Kristen. We're best friends who both happen to have been born with limb differences. Join us as we talk about the many ways our limb differences impact our lives. From medical intervention to bullying to dating, we're covering it all. And we hope you'll share your stories with us along the way. This is Life and Limb. All right, I've hit record again. Yay! (laughs) I initially hit record and I was only recording myself and realized what an absolute tragedy that would be, so... I don't now, know. I'm sure people would listen to you just talk to yourself. I mean, yeah, but it wouldn't be nearly as interesting and fun. I mean, no. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a hoot. Kristen so. knows her worth. Yes. Like a queen. Yes. Well, welcome back to Life and Live, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Anna. I'm Kristen. And we are kind of doing a follow-up to the last episode we posted today. Yeah. So, yeah, when um when we were first talking about doing you know performers with limb differences um since we are both uh actors I thought when we had a guest on that we might end up it all might be one big conversation just our experiences and then also talking about the broader um uh, subjects of representation and stuff like that but our conversation with Kim just turned into such a thing of its own that I did not anticipate being so I, I, so important and so yeah. emotional and in-depth and just such a great conversation. It was genuinely one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and we got it recorded. <laughs> I am forever grateful for that. And Kim, if you're listening, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. And I hope everybody listening got as much value out of that as we did because truly it was it – was, I've told people it was a transformative conversation for me. Yeah. Well, and it's stuff that we may know or we may tell ourselves, but to have someone else say those things out loud, like at what point you said that you hadn't heard anyone put it that way. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really impactful. It is. And we we got so much good feedback from some of our uh, friends and colleagues who are also in um, performing arts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Kim's the real deal. You can tell by listening to her. She knows what she's doing. She's an artist. And I am so, so glad that I can now call her an acquaintance and maybe even a friend if she'll let me. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love, I'd have her back any day. So yeah. Absolutely. But so yeah. So today we're going to do more of just the conversational, our personal experiences with being performers with limb differences in our stage experience. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a big formative part of both of our lives. It's something we've both been doing, I mean, as far back as I can remember, and I think same for you. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, but first, let's catch up. Let's catch up. Anna, what's been up with you? I thought of another gripe. Oh. (laughs) You were so reluctant to... (laughs) It was, it was to funny. even do it during the episode. I know. And then it came to me the other day when I was just thinking about, you know, what this summer is going to look like because as we're turning the corner with COVID, are we going to be able to travel again? And what are our summer vacation plans? And We're letting um, dreams start creeping back into our lives. What is this feeling? Is yes. it hope? Um, <laughs> I was thinking about somewhere I go every summer, which is the cottage, which you know about the cottage, Kristen. My family has a lake house up in Michigan. I won't get too specific because it's a very specific place. and I don't want people stalking my family, which of course they would. I'm such a big deal. They they would and they should. You guys are amazing. (laughs) Um, You think I've never been there. 
Oh, oh dear. Yeah. We do have to get you up there sometime. Mm-hmm. But um, we have this lake house that's been in the family for, gosh, nearing 200 years, I think. Um, we do have a boat up there. And one of the big hobbies every year is water skiing. Mm. And you'd think that water skiing isn't so much about your arms. You're wrong. Oh, because yeah. you have to hold on to that handle and... To be able to pull yourself up along with the boat requires quite a lot of grip strength. And I tried it one time and it hurt my hand so bad, I decided I would never try again. And I'm so mad because that's such a big hobby in my family when we're up there is going out and skiing. And it's something I always wanted to do to like participate in the family activity. But man, that thing rips at you. I wonder though, now that I'm saying this out loud... I have those lifting hooks. Oh. But would that be dangerous? (laughs) Maybe look look into that. Yeah, like if I were to get pulled under the water and not be able to let go, that would be problematic. So no, back to a gripe. Okay. Well, (laughs) see, you tried to find a way out of a gripe, but... (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, I'm sure there are probably like one-handed water skiers out there who make it work for them. I just have not seen that yet. And... Mm. If anybody could share tips and tricks with me for how I might be able to water ski, that would be rad. Yeah, that's no, no fun when you just kind of just have to observe and yeah, cheer well, other people on. To and, be clear, it is still fun. Yeah. But yeah, I would like to be able to water ski. And right now, as of this moment, I can't, which sucks. But I'm going to try to find a way to do it. It sucks. What about tubing? Could you Tubing I can totally do. Okay, we'll just make them do that when it's your turn. Oh, yeah, and we do tubing too. Okay, well... <laughs> Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, but I want to try to (laughs) No, I know the feeling of like, this one, I can do other things, but this one thing I can't do, I really want to do. Like skateboarding for you. Yes, yes, that was my thing. Exactly. So I get it. Mine actually kind of has more to do with you. Okay. Well, I was, so I was thinking about this as just sort of um, something I'd been thinking about doing and I thought about discussing it on my catch up. And then the more I thought about it, it, it led me down a path of, I don't know if Anna could do this. And I had never thought about it. So after we had talked with Kim, I was thinking about learning American sign language because it's something I've always wanted to do. And I've thought seriously about it a couple of times. And I thought, you know, I should look into it. I should take classes. And then I thought, can Anna do ASL? Yeah. No, I have completely thought about that before. And I have never tried to learn. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a very cool language to learn. Uh, Can you do it, though, without... I have a dear friend um, who is a friend of mine from college who grew up with deaf parents. And so she is fluent in sign language. And I asked her about that once. And she said that, yes, I should be able to do it. Because the signs are specific, but not so specific that you couldn't get the same meaning out of doing something incredibly similar. Mm. And also there are left-handed and right-handed signers. So like for the letters and everything that sometimes require five fingers, I can just use my left hand. I didn't think about that. That all I was like, what about the letters? Oh, right. She has, (laughs) she does have a hand with five fingers on yes. it so and okay I, I believe she told me that the deaf community is very obviously aware of the disability community at large and have tried to make their language accessible so I'm sure there is a way that I would be able to learn it and speak it effectively but 
No, I have totally thought about that. Too. That is great news. Cause I remember <laughs> like it hit me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe in my fantasy it was like, we learn it together. And then that's what took me to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would totally do that. Oh, okay. I've always been interested in ASL, but yeah, no, that's really cool. That's yeah. And it makes sense that one community would think about making their language accessible right. to other communities of like disability. Right. So very cool. Yay. Yay. That makes me so happy. Yeah. We should look into that then. We should. Yeah. That's that was a good it. catch up. Yeah. I like it. All right. So next we have, we see you. We see you. Yeah. And this is one that I have been talking about doing for a long time because I, I said, you know, I think it was our gripes episode where I said the next person that I'm going to talk about is this person. And then I, and then we recorded with Kim and the, our guests do the, we see you. And yeah. so she had her amazing one. So now I finally get to talk about her. Yay. So my, we see you this week is Jessica Long. If you do not know who Jessica Long is, she is a Paralympic athlete who was born with bilateral fibular hemimelia. So she had it on both sides. Mm -hmm. And she was adopted uh, from Russia, actually. So she was adopted at 13 months old. And the advice that was given, um, I believe by the orphanage, if I have my information correct, is that both of her legs needed to be amputated. Mm. So um, she had both of her legs amputated um, shortly after she was adopted and became this incredible swimmer from a very young age. So she actually had a spot that – it took a minute to jog my memory, but when I rediscovered her recently, mm-hmm. I was like, I know this face from somewhere. Um, I don't know if you were the right age for, like, Disney Channel when it was kind of in its prime with all of the new Disney Channel original movies and shows and all that kind of thing, but... I think I I think I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Disney Channel didn't have commercials like other... Um, I do remember stations. that part, yeah. Right. On Disney Channel, they did other things like promos for their own stuff mm-hmm. or little segments in between yeah. breaks. And so... Um, there was a segment called Check This Kid Out on Disney Channel. And Jessica Long was one of the featured kids on Check This Kid Out. So you can still find that. I believe it's on YouTube, her Check This Kid Out, where she talked about being a a swimmer. I don't know what the term was at that point for an adaptive athlete, but that's what she did. She was an amazing swimmer. Mm-hmm. And you may have seen her most recently. She had a Super Bowl commercial this year in 2021 that kind of summarized her story and showed her in her element, you know, swimming. And of course, guess where I rediscovered her recently? Was it TikTok? It might have been on TikTok. So what? Yeah, she's got a whole TikTok channel um, dedicated to her swimming adventures, just her everyday life, all kinds of really cool things. She's gorgeous and really personable and super awesome to watch somebody do something that they're so so good at in a way that you wouldn't have thought to do it you know so that's my we see you this week um if you want to check her out on tiktok she is at jessica tatiana long on tiktok um yeah check her out jessica we see you and thanks for being such a prominent visible awesome member of this community yeah we see you that's a good one. Yeah. I like that a lot. Aww. <laughs> All right. So let's talk more about theater. Theater. Yay. But specifically about. <laughs> specifically us. Yes. But also theater. Yes. 
<laughs> Which, of course, because we're actors, is our favorite subject ourselves. No. Misconception. Oh, God. Yes. But At least for us, it's a misconception. I don't know. Maybe for you. Oh. <laughs> I like myself very much. No, it's not that I don't like myself. I just... <laughs> well, I'd, actually, I'm probably the one with lower self-esteem between the two of us. I mean more so that I like attention. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I hate attention, and yet I still somehow perform on stage both in a band and in theater <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, it's a totally different thing it's not about you when you're on stage it's yeah. about the art and so I think that's where the misconception comes into play but I do live up to the stereotype for sure <laughs> but I was thinking about this actually so you you're a great actress thank you you you're welcome as are you thank you <laughs> I know you know we know we've talked about how we both know this is not one area where we are um unaware of our talent so you you do like attention and you are a good actor but especially before we started doing this podcast it had seemed like you were also much more self-conscious of your limb difference Mm -hmm. than I was or still am so I was thinking about that like I wonder if that at least when you got started or you know even still today in your most recent stage experiences did that carry over much for you for sure Uh. and thank you for asking that question yeah that's absolutely the case and I think I mentioned it in our talk with Kim too that I I went through periods of like trying to hide my hand in auditions you know and that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. um when I was a young actor, like in high school and other productions, I never knew what to do with my hands. Um, it was so awkward to watch. I remember I had a lead role in high school that I was so excited about, so proud of, but I looked stiff as a board because I just didn't know what to do with my hands. Um, That's such a common thing with actors, though, that you yes. hear them say, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And that's just anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of that was that self-consciousness where, like, while I was on stage, I I don't even know if I was doing it purposefully, but while I didn't know what to do with my hands, I would always kind of have them clasped mm. so that my left hand was covering my right. And I don't know that I was intending to do that, but it was just one of those things where I was just like, so now this is covered. I'm safe. I can do what I am here to do. And as I got farther into acting and in college and after taking Meisner technique which I think both of us agree is an acting technique that we really appreciate and Mm -hmm. resonate with and just learning more about being truthful on stage I realized that the thing to do with my hands is to use them as I do anyway in everyday life like I don't just talk with my hands clasped in front of me I'm animated I speak with my hands and so will then my characters if that's appropriate for them to do so and in that realizing that okay it's not me anymore pretending like I'm, I'm not playing pretend in front of a bunch of people I am living this character's experience on stage I just naturally sort of started A, using my hands more and B, forgot that there was anything to be self-conscious of because it wasn't on the character's mind and so it wasn't on my mind. So yeah, that's a great question and yes, it did start that way for sure. And something interesting that I've discovered as well is that for me, I am far, far, far more conscious of my hand when I am in a public speaking situation Hmm. than I am when I'm acting in a role on stage. And I think that's because as the character, 
I have other concerns. Yeah. And then as me, just present giving a presentation or speaking publicly, I'm me with my concerns. Yeah, that's Anna. And the impression or the, you know, whatever that you're giving to whomever you're speaking to, that's that's you. Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely evolved a lot. I figured you must have found a good place with that because the thing is, if you if you're a performer and you are thinking of something that is so rooted in your real identity, I feel like that would hinder your ability to mm-hmm. perform. And you're such a good performer that I was like, she must have made peace with this somehow. I, I found a different way to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like my um, acting teacher that I mentioned a couple of episodes back, who told me, you know, like people live their lives and their stories every day and you don't think about I mean if you're in the middle of a some kind of conflict as you would be in a play you're not actively thinking I have three fingers you know yeah so I think that was one of the things that helped me to realize you know oh well my character as that I am embodying in the moment could also have three fingers right like they do because I am playing that character Yeah, they kind of have to (laughs) so they have three fingers if I am playing that character but that's not what this is about right now. Right. And because how often is it about that it very, in your life? Yeah. Very seldom. Um, and so that's not what they're concentrating on. It's not what I'm concentrating on when I am embodying them. So that's the stage I've reached. What that, about you? Did you sense. have any kind of similar feelings? <gasps> no. <laughs> I never thought about it. Good. Here's the thing I never thought, unless I was, you know, having a surgery or there was something specifically in inactivity where Littlefoot was a factor, I pretty much never thought about Littlefoot uh-huh. in that way. The The first time I even ever realized that I walked with any noticeable limp or that my gait was maybe a little um, strange, I guess, was when, when I was on a basketball team in junior high. My girls' sports teams in grade school and junior high were amazing like I just I just had a class filled with very athletic girls so we were really competitive for (laughs) like seventh graders and both of our coaches also had older daughters who were in high school and they coached them too Ah. so sometimes I feel like their approach with their older daughters factored into their coaching of us yeah which actually was great because you know they pushed us and for me I liked that but they started taping our games And I was a point guard. So there's a lot of me running and like singled out from the crowd. And I remember the first time they played one of our games back for us to give us notes. I was just looking at myself like, oh my God, is that how I run? I didn't realize I moved that way. (laughs) Well, and it just, it looked kind of funny to me just because it was slightly uneven. Uh And it was, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was just the first time I had seen it. Yeah. And it felt... I mean, I wasn't devastated. It didn't make me no. feel any differently, but it just was a little like mentally shattering to it. Oh, it, sure, just, yeah. it just sort of crushed this image I apparently had that there was absolutely nothing noticeable. Right, um, right. So I remember that. And so since then, there have been times where I've been on stage or just walking in a crowd where it suddenly pops into my head. <laughs> Am I still, am I walking? Is it noticeable? But it, it happens very rarely and it was never anything that factored into my self-image or anything yeah. like that. And I think I just always had such a, for some reason, natural ability to just sort of disappear into someone else that yeah. it just, it never, 
never came up. Yeah. Yeah. What you just said, though, about seeing yourself on film or played back or something (laughs) makes me realize that that's kind of something that I've experienced as well with like dress rehearsal photos. Oh, yeah. If you are not a performer or an actor, typically there will be a photographer who comes into a dress rehearsal to take photos of the performance for media use Mm -hmm. or promotion use or anything else like that. And It was in one of those production photos in college that I looked at myself and I was like, oh my God, my other arm is way shorter than the other one. And I didn't even know that, I don't think, until that point. Just because there's never any reason for you to be like measuring your arms against each other. Yeah. But there was a photo of me and it was in the show uh, The Rhymers of Eldritch, which Kristen is nodding. She knows that one. And Did you do this at OSU? You know what? I'm sorry. Now that I'm thinking about it, this was in high school. I was going to say, they did that pretty close together because they did that at OSU <laughs> when I was there. No, we did a high school production of Rhymers of Eldritch, now okay. that I'm thinking about it. And the way that they staged a very pivotal scene in that play at my high school was to have the entire crowd of townsfolk standing just behind the scene as it was occurring with their backs turned sort of as like a willful ignorance metaphor. Mm. So it was a line of all of us and we just stood with our arms at our side, backs turned to this scene and there was a photo of it. And so I saw my arms down at my sides, side by side for the first time. And I was like, those are not the same length. Oh no. And I had like a little crisis about it, of course, as you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I remember being so jarred by it. Like, like you said, like mentally shattering. Like I had this image of myself, how I looked this whole time. And I was like, oh, I'm way lopsided. Oh. <laughs> and everybody else, of course, is like, you can't even tell. But I saw it. And so I was like, everybody sees it. That's yeah. People said that to me after I, I mean, still sometimes I'll ask people like, can you notice anything about my gait? Is it really obvious? And yeah, most no. people are like, no, I mean, maybe slightly, but... Yeah, I mean, I saw you with a slight difference in your gait one day when you mentioned that little foot was really hurting. Yeah. But when you're walking, like, maybe just a tiny, yeah. like, barely perceptible thing. But, like... To me, it would probably look so exaggerated. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> remember, the person who wanted to introduce me to you told me to look for the girl with a limb difference in the troop that you were in and I assumed it was the one with the cane because nobody else like walked any differently yeah. and so yeah. I missed you entirely <laughs> you found me I found you eventually. <laughs> I did have a thought about I think I sort of did attribute this a little bit to Littlefoot mm-hmm. the first five roles that I got when I started acting either I played men mm-hmm. or the part was written as a man and I, I got to play it as a woman but you know it's still yeah. kind of a masculine yeah person right um and I remember at some point wondering if that had something like am I just not feminine and huh. I feel like Littlefoot has always been something Ever since that one friend, I think I talked about this on self-image. Yeah. My one friend made a comment about like the most attractive thing a woman can like wear is like high heels or like to him, that's like the sexiest thing is a woman in high heels. So I put these things together and I just sort of am like, huh, 
is this starting to factor into how other people see me? Am I incapable mm. of, of embodying something that people will look at and think feminine? Ah, interesting. Yeah. So at one point, I remember I asked a director at OSU, who we both know, um, Beth Cattleman. Oh, I love Beth. I love Beth. She had cast me and a really good friend of mine in these dual... It was like a... Um, Tweedledee, Tweedledum duo, kind of. And we both got to wear fat suits and facial hair. And it was just so much fun. And she and I just already had this very like playful friendship. So it was so much fun. I was pleased to have the role. So I wasn't asking Beth out of any sort of Oh man, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't unhappy with it or I, you know, it was actually one of the roles I wanted, but I was just curious and I, I felt like I had gotten to know her enough that yeah, like, why don't I ask? So I just asked her, you know, I kind of have this pattern of getting, uh, cast either as men or a man's role is switched to be a woman. And I was just wondering, do you have any feedback or thoughts on why that might be? And she said that because there are usually so there are more female actors Mm. auditioning than male, but there are fewer parts for women than men. She said that there are a lot of talented females who will fill in for male roles. And there are some performers, and she said, like yourself, who could probably do either. And then there are the female performers who... They can only play women. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. will never, you know. It's they a don't, range thing. They don't have a lower register. They can't think about, like, making their body move in that different way. Right. So for you, like, I think it's a strong thing is the way she explained it. I totally and that, see that. Oh, that made me feel so much better. But it was just something that occurred to me at that point. Like, huh, this is a pattern. And I hope it has nothing to do with people not being able to see me. Right. In a female role. No, and I, I know for a fact because you are feminine, that's not the case. But yeah. at the same time, that totally makes sense. And especially in an academic theater setting where you are limited to the performers that you have on hand mm-hmm. at the university, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Um, and oftentimes plays are chosen and not the correct demographics show up for auditions. Yeah. And it's better to cast a good actor in not a lesser role, but a smaller role that you know they'll be able to play mm-hmm. than to put somebody in it who won't do as well because yeah. then it brings the whole production down. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, we both know, and probably most people, you know, even if you're not performers, you know, people watch TV or they go see plays or musicals. Even if the smaller characters, like, if they're not great, you notice. But if they are great, you notice them, too. Yeah, like, yeah. There, there are no small parts. It's distracting yeah. if it's if it's one way. And it's world building if it's not, if right. it's the other way. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was just one thing that I thought of in my, in my experience that it wasn't actually something that happened with Littlefoot, but it was like a self-consciousness that right. eventually started to come into my mind yeah no that totally makes sense yeah and I I've done similar things where throughout my whole life where I've been like is this because of my hand and it's not but you don't know that until later yeah yeah I totally get that have you ever gotten to use or highlight your little hand on stage not yet unfortunately and I really want to I I um worked with a fight choreographer at one point Mm -hmm. and I may have talked about this already briefly 
who was so jazzed about my little hand because he was just like, do you know the kind of fight scene you could do with a prosthetic and like a well-aimed strike? And I was just like... Oh my gosh. Someone could chop half your hand off? Yeah, yeah. So he was super into it. Oh my gosh. He was just like, someday I want to choreograph something like this. And um, So you know what that makes me think of, right? Okay. Do you remember... It's one of the earliest photos we ever had together. It was in the photo shoot of a uh, theater festival, a short play <gasps> festival I that we what did. You're yeah, about. <laughs> so there was this photo shoot for this short play festival that we were both in. We were in different shows. Yeah, um, and we were actually in different nights because there yes. were different sets of plays for each night, and it rotated. And the theme of the photo shoot was that it was the different nights. Right, like ha- like competing in different. It was like a full battle scene. Yeah, like almost. well, there were like barbecue games. Like there was like a what do you call it? A wheelbarrow wheel- competition. wheelbarrow competition. There was tug of war. There was Red Rover. But then we did this big shoot with everyone where it was yeah an epic battle where we took all of the weapons props. Yes, <laughs> and we all just were fighting each other. And you and I. We hadn't known each other long. No, because we met through this particular performance. Right, yeah. So it had to have been like a couple weeks that we'd known each other at most. Yeah. I don't think we'd even hung out outside of seeing each other at theater stuff yet. Yeah. But we had met because of our limb differences, so we must have felt comfortable asking each other to do this. I don't even remember whose idea it was, but at one point for one photo, we got the idea that I would have a knife to your hand like I was cutting off yep. part of your hand yep. and you had this long like it was actually part of the show I was in it okay. was this like huge barbarian machete yes <laughs> and you had that down at my toe I was in flip-flops and you were aiming that at my feet and we're both we look like we're both screaming so we're both <laughs> See, we said we both have wanted to use our limb differences theatrically. So apparently one of the first times we ever got together, we found a way And one of the things I love most about you is that I don't remember which one of us had the idea, but either way, both of us were, one of us was like, let's act like we're cutting each other's limbs off. And the other one was like, absolutely. Right. (laughs) Like it happened that way. Just we're not sure which. Yeah. But either way, we're both awesome for that. Someone said yes. Yeah. And someone had the idea. So I, we have to post this picture oh my God, on yes. social media now when this episode comes out. But there's also one of my other favorite things about this picture is that another performer, as we're doing this, I think she was on your night. So she's clearly on your team. Uh-huh. She took her, she had like one of those reta- retractable knives. Yeah. She just like stabbed me in the top of my head. In the head as it was so you can clearly see her just rah, like a barbarian in the background. So clearly you won that fight. Yes. I had help though. Yes. I chopped off your hands, but then I got stabbed in the head. So <laughs> how ridiculous. That I was love it. so ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's always been just, like I said, one of those situations where like, yeah, obviously my character has it because I have it, but it's not what's going on right now. Right. Yeah. And I would love an opportunity for it to be like, a thing. Right? I would too. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I know it might sound like 
you want to be exploited. Like, no, I don't want to be exploited, but it's just, it's so fun. Like I want to be in like a sci-fi thing where yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I would love for it to actually be highlighted and get to right. and serve a purpose in a role. I think there's like a double edged thing with this where like there are, um, we were talking to our dear friend recently who is black, who said that, you know, he doesn't want to play the black slave, all these roles that were specifically made for black people because you know they're they diminish the black experience yeah. down to a certain thing that isn't necessarily what it is but so he wants to play roles that were not necessarily written for black men mm-hmm. you know which obviously yeah and meanwhile my whole life I've played roles that were specifically written not to be limb different but can be and I want to play a role for a limb different character now it's sort of like what you don't see is what you want to see, yeah, you know? that's true. Because, I mean, you have all these token characters in a lot of shows and stuff, but none of them are, like, they're not, like, written to be real people who also have this and have some other thing, you oh, know? right, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to play, like, the token character or yeah. something. Like, what an awful thing. But just for it to actually be used in a fun way yes. or, like, yeah, given a backstory. Yes. Um, well, it's like um, there's an actor who I think... I don't know if I've mentioned him by name on this podcast before, named Alex Barone, who has three fingers on both sides. Mm -hmm. And he wants to play Nightcrawler so bad. One of the X-Men. Yeah, I think you might. Now I don't don't know if it was on the podcast or just a personal conversation. I know we've talked about him. I just can't remember if it was on the podcast, but he wants to play Nightcrawler. And I was like, how perfect would that be right you don't even need cgi give this role to the actor who has nightcrawler's hands Mm -hmm. like and so that way i mean i can imagine if i had it on both sides and i played nightcrawler i would feel so in my element because Mm -hmm. nightcrawler's story is never going to be about the fact that he has three fingers on both hands but he does and it's an assumed thing and you go from there Oh, I want that to happen. <laughs> I um I did a 24-hour theater festival a year or two ago now. Uh-huh. But um so that's where you get your group, you get a director, a writer and then a usually small group of actors and you have five or six groups yeah. or teams of these. And then the writers start writing at 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening and they pretty much have until the next morning to write their script and then you send it to the director and to the actors and voila when I did this the woman who wrote ours her name is Tay Lane she's amazing Love Lane. yeah um she asked us which I thought was pretty cool she asked all of the actors these questions about like you know what what don't you want like if you're not great with monologues I'll try not to give you a monologue blah 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 then she asked, is there anything you've ever really wanted to play yeah. that you haven't gotten the chance to? And I specifically said, I want to use Littlefoot. Like, I want my limb difference to factor into the character somehow. Yeah. And she said, all right. And boy, she sure did. It was not in any way I expected, but it was hilarious. So she wrote me <laughs> as a porn star who was aging out of the business, but I, and I don't know how she had, if she was in this business, how she had managed to keep her foot hidden, Uh but you know, just suspension of disbelief. It was a fun little play. So she came back to like a producer with like her last card to play and 
took off her shoe and sock and just like put her foot up on the table like do you know how much money I could make you with this <laughs> and I was just like oh my god as we talked about before in it, our dating episode <laughs> there are people out there there are it was it was really funny I don't that was not where my brain went when I said I wanted to use it but but it, it was, was done well it was done in a funny way and it was done with your consent and permission the whole show was quite slapstick and hilarious yeah so, yeah it I mean she definitely had my blessing and she knocked it out of the park I love it yeah I would still like to do like a sci-fi type thing yeah. with it someday but yeah I was <laughs> this brings me to a question I had because in a 24-hour theater project I did once, I was the costume designer, which was hectic. Um, Oof, for a 24-hour theater festival? Yes. And oh. by designer, I mean I pulled things out of the costume room to put on people. Oh, okay. Um, for this one, it was like you got to show up in whatever crazy outfit you wanted. Uh, yeah. And they had, to, they had to deal with, like, that was your character. So my high school had a really ridiculously developed theater program Mm. and I was very lucky in that respect and we did 24s every year and there were all kinds of different roles because there were so many kids who wanted to participate and one of them was costume designer which basically just meant you got to read the script and then go raid our costume um what do they call those costume shop shop thank you I couldn't (laughs) find the right word for shop you got to go raid the costume shop and just design these characters and that makes sense in an academic setting when like that's a role you are trying to yes. you know make people learn aware about. of and learn yeah. yes so for me I heard 24 I remembered my costume designing experience and then I thought oh question have you ever had any costuming issues because of Littlefoot yeah my senior year at OSU we did hair uh-huh. the musical which was one of the best experiences on stage I've ever had we had so many hippies show up to see the show and our opening night as soon as the whole chorus comes on stage with that this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius yeah they just stood up and gave us a standing ovation (laughs) at the start of the show which is like the dream unheard of yeah but anyway they pulled for my character these they were probably slippers but they were really comfy they were like moccasin looking Uh, shoes um and they had this really soft interior and they were so comfy but they handed them to me and I was like I surprise yeah (laughs) so they it was a little uncomfortable at first because I don't think I'd ever really had to deal with that before Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure how (laughs) maybe I just had worn my own shoes up until then but they you know they were a little like uh okay you know like thrown off at first but then they thought okay we'll figure this out right and eventually they they did they must have gone back and cut up the other one and glued it back together and they were so proud of this little moccasin that they had made (laughs) and it was so comfortable so yeah did you get to keep them no darn why I don't know actually customized for you they were (laughs) I feel like so after your closing night you sort of put all your costumes back in place and then they put it back up into the shop right um and I just didn't think about it and I think maybe a week or so later I thought oh I should have I should have asked to keep those and then I just never did yeah but you're totally right I absolutely should have yeah I would have been like I will I'll even pay you but please can I keep these yeah oh well I had several performances throughout my career um, <laughs> where I had to wear gloves. 
because the character dictated it like the importance of being earnest by Oscar Wilde you're not just going to show up to a British society tea without gloves on in the era when that was written you know and in high school they got a bag of polyfill which is like stuffing yeah and stuffed one of my gloves so I had these two these two fingers that just didn't move (laughs) they were like stiff and it looked so weird did you ever appear without the gloves on yes in certain (sighs) scenes so I would have to take them off and like be careful to like remove the polyfill like and not spill it everywhere okay so with gloves on you're a quote-unquote a a five-fingered typical person and then once I take the gloves off all of a sudden I, it never even hit me how ridiculous that was until I just said it. It really is. It's funny. I am thinking of it in the funny way that you're describing it. But if we like, wanted to pick this apart, that is problematic. Oh, yeah. But no, I like it, it never even occurred to me until just now that I'm like, that was not the most elegant solution. No. Um, but the same costumer later... I was cast in another show where gloves were part of the appropriate, like, period attire. And she was like, we're not doing the polyfill again. Like, she had the foresight at least to be like, no, no, no. And so um, she was the first one to um, take a pair of gloves and cut it and sew it for me to use that as part of the costume. And I got to keep those gloves afterwards because who else is going to use them? That is the correct approach. Yes. Were they supremely comfortable? No. Like I've told you before, like anytime a glove is cut for me that now I know the trick where Mm -hmm. it's the right fingers and cut out the middle one. But uh, luckily I didn't have to handle anything delicate on stage with them on, you know, but you're holding like a antique (laughs) teacup. Oh, well the teacup was with the polyfill gloves, but, um, I sipped it left-handed. Oh, okay. Uh (laughs) I was going to say you could just, instead of just a pinky, you could have a pinky and a ring finger just sticking up. (laughs) Yeah. So I've had, I think a total of like three or four sets of gloves that I've worn on stage and the polyfill was only one time, but the rest of them were customized for me. Oh my gosh. Um, um, and it's always I, it's fun to see the customer's reaction to that because I think they get a little bit excited at the challenge, you know, instead of that irritating. would be that would be my like you know I've never I think I took costume design the intro to it in uh, college and yeah. then I didn't pursue it any further than that. But I like to think that if that was the route I'd taken, I would be really excited to figure it out. Right? Yeah. Huh. Kind of a fun puzzle. There was one show I did where it wasn't necessarily a, it wasn't a costume issue, but there was something with a prop Uh that posed some interesting questions. Um, So I did, uh, my senior year at OSU, I did Closer by Patrick Marber. Mm -hmm. It was a movie. Most people, if you know of it, you probably know it because it was a movie. Some friends and I, it was the last quarter at the time OSU was on quarters. Mm -hmm. It was our last quarter. We were all seniors and none of us had gotten cast. Uh And we were all usually in something. So it was sort of a strange position to be in. And we all just decided, let's just do something ourselves. Yeah. So like we wore our own clothes for our costumes. And there were a lot because there's a lot of like time jumps and scene changes. But my character... There is a scene where her husband comes home from a trip and he presents her with a present. 
it specifically states in the script that the present is a pair of like cheap looking. They were probably expensive, but cheap looking, very high heeled shoes. (laughs) And the thing is not too much further ahead in the script. So shortly after she opens this gift, they have a fight where one of the things that they talk about is that he treats her like a prostitute. Uh, Um, So that's why there are other places in the script where you can kind of see that behavior from the the male character, but this happening so close to it, you can see that that was intentionally what they wanted the gift to be, what the playwright, what their intention was to just highlight this point that she's about to make. So my fellow actors fought to keep it as high heels because a, that was important to the script, which they weren't wrong about, but also I think they felt like it would make me self-conscious or make me feel bad if we had to change it just for Uh. me. And the thing they kept saying, well, she doesn't, it never says she wears them or puts them on. Like we don't, you know, we don't need to see them. And one of the professors who had, he just volunteered to be our director because he thought it was great that we were doing this. That's awesome. Yeah. And he was amazing. So we were like, yes, please direct (laughs) us. But he was adamant no, I'm not going to have this performer pull out a pair of shoes that the audience and we all know she can't put on. Right. Like that is more distracting than anything else would be. So he wanted to change it and we ended up changing it because I, I actually agreed with him. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciated that the other actors were trying to, in their minds, they were trying to stand up for me. And I was like, guys, he's right. Like, yeah. I don't want to, and especially if they had noticed my foot, it would take them so out of the moment for like, how would her husband not know that she can't wear these shoes? Right. Yeah. You know, but it was just a very interesting debate that we had at that moment. And I did feel a little self-conscious that we were having it because of me, but you know, ultimately it ended up being a really interesting. Oh yeah. 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 And I think. I think it's a good talk for your fellow actors too to realize you know like okay here's what the actor who this concerns prefers and here's why and just listening to somebody and of course I mean obviously the fact that they were fighting for you to keep it the same shows that they care and they had good intentions yeah but at the same time what a great learning opportunity for them to be able to listen to you and understand where you're coming from and what you want which is kind of the whole crux of inclusion, right? Yeah. Is listening to the person. So yeah, that's cool. And I think having like done this podcast and especially just coming off of the, um, the episode with Kim, it sort of makes me look back on that. It, it's so much more complex of a question than I yeah. even realized. Like the playwright did specifically put it in there for a reason. And now that I've said it out loud, now I'm not sure if it ever says that you see her wear them. You might. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that you do. But still, it was the playwright's intention for that to be a very highlighting moment of this issue in their relationship. Yeah. So, but then you have me as the performer. Right. Um, so, right. I don't know. Do you hand a performer something that's important to the script if they clearly physically cannot use it? I, it's a great question. Yeah. That's why theater is a collaborative art form and always will be because there are always going to be situations like that where you have to work as a group to figure out the best solution. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if it was a more serious theater or if the playwright were casting it himself, maybe he would never have cast me. But (laughs) 
we gave ourselves the roles. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we You'll just never did, know. Yeah, we didn't think about it. But that was that was probably the most poignant moment in a show that I've ever had that directly involved Littlefoot. Interesting. Yeah, it yeah, really that's was. A big one. Yeah. That's all I've got. That's all I had too. It's good to know that this hasn't factored into this area of our lives any more than it has in others. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It hasn't been anything that stopped us from acting and doing what we love to do. Man, I I have been out of acting for a little while. Yeah. Um, just life circumstances and boy, this makes me want to do it again. Just the conversation we had with Kim and then this conversation, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be on stage again. Yep. We um we had we had the talk with Kim and then shortly after that we had a brunch with a good friend of ours, Chase, yeah. who um who is also a performer and I, I we both were just saying how we're just itching to to get out there and perform again. Yeah. Speaking of Chase, Chase, we for our next episode, we had an idea of something we might do that you guys might be hearing from him soon. Yeah. Tell him what we are going to try to set up. So, um we have a couple of really close friends who Chase is one of them who have asked us openly as we encourage them to do questions before about our limb differences and we thought it would be really fun because there are things that, of course, questions that we're not thinking of mm-hmm. from our perspectives. We thought it would be really fun to have our friends on the podcast to ask us these questions and just have a dialogue with them as to people who do not have limb differences. Mm-hmm. All the questions that they have always wanted to ask and it can be anything and they're our friends so we'll love them no matter what they ask us. Yeah. <laughs> Friend questions. Friend questions episode. So we're going to try to schedule it so so we have two specific friends in mind. We're going to try to schedule it with all of them. If we can get one or the other, we'll maybe move forward with that. But I really want to get this group yeah. of four together. I would really like it if we could have uh, both people that we're thinking of on at the same time. Because of that, scheduling is going to be a little bit uh, of a question mark. Yes. Um, and for that reason, I don't know that we will have that episode ready by April 5th. Right. So we are looking like we might have a quote unquote bye week um, where we take a short break Mm -hmm. from the episode on April 5th and then return with hopefully that friends questions episode as we've been calling it on April 19th. Good job, Kristen. Five plus 14. I don't, I can't do math. I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So hopefully April 19th, we will be back. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you have any questions for us for that episode, we can always answer those as well. Or if there are any fun questions that your friends have asked you that you were like, I never realized that people would wonder about that. Exactly. And then again, we love to hear from you guys all the time. So if you are an actor with a limb difference or know an actor with a limb difference, write to us. We love to hear from you. You can DM us on Facebook instagram or twitter we are on all of those life and limb series on facebook life and limb pod on twitter and life and limb podcast on instagram yeah and if you like us rate review and subscribe it to really the podcast. Helps. It, it does it helps a lot so yeah we will we'll see you on the 19th yeah hopefully yeah we'll see you then thanks for listening guys bye bye